thrilled to be here today. My name is Marian Brown, the lead pastor of Chapel Roswell, and I have the very distinct blessing today of handing out Bibles to third graders. So if you are a third grader, I want to invite you to come on down and stand along here by the rug. So if you're a third grader, come on down. If you happen to be a fourth grader and you missed getting your Bible last year because of COVID, we did have a third grade Bible presentation uh, last year. It was outside, but if you happen to be in fourth grade and you just couldn't come, you are more than welcome to come and get a Bible. Look at all of you. This is amazing. You had a lot of confidence to come down here so quickly. So nice job. I want you to spread out maybe just a little bit. Take two steps. Yeah, there you go. Today, I want to remind us that as we give our third graders Bibles, this is a day that we celebrate the gift of Scripture. And so when I come to you, I want you to tell me your name. Okay, so be ready. Be thinking about your name already. Okay, okay. Tell me your name. Jackson. Jackson. I share with you the word of God, Jackson. In the good times and in the bad times, read it and use it so you may know the love of God always. You are loved and you are valued, Jackson. Allie, I share with you the word of God. In the good times and in the bad times, read it and use it so you may know that God is with you. You are loved and you are valued, Allie. Liam. Liam, Liam I share with you the word of God. In the good times and in the bad times, read it and use it so you may know that God is with you always. You are loved and you are valued, Liam. Lily. Lily, I share with you the word of God. In the good times and in the bad times, read it and use it so you may know God is with you always. You are loved and you are valued. Lowry. Lowry, I share with you the word of God. In the good times and in the bad times, I want you to read it and use it so you may know that God is with you all the time. You are loved and you are valued. Charlie. Charlie, Charlie I share with you the word of God. In the good times and in the bad times, I want you to read it and use it so you may know that God is with you all the time. You are valued and you are loved. Sarah. Sarah, I share with you the word of God. In the good times and in the bad times, read it. Use it so you may know that God is with you. You are loved and you are valued. What's your name, Nora? Nora. 
Nora. I share with you the Word of God. In the good times and in the bad times, read it and use it so you may know that God is with you always. You are loved and you are valued. I share with you the word of God. In the good times and in the bad times, I want you to read it and use it so you may know that God is with you. You are loved and you are valued. Harper. Harper, I share with you the word of God. In the good times and in the bad times, read it. And use it so you may know that God is with you always. You are valued and you are loved. Okay, friends. Now we get to start Bible Class 101. Are you ready? All right, have a seat. So Bible Class is officially in session for all of us. So today, we are going to learn about how to read the Bible, how to use the Bible, and what to do with it. The very first thing I want you to know about your Bible, you can mark in it. You have permission to write in it, to color in it, to doodle in it, to write your name in it, to do whatever it is you need to do in your Bible. How about that? Have you ever had permission just to write all over a book? You do now. How many of you already have a Bible? Anybody? This may be your first one, but this may also be like, I don't know, your 15th one. Here's the deal. In your life, you're going to have a lot of Bibles. I think I probably have two dozen, believe it or not. And they're all different. They all have different meanings. They all are different translations. Um, One of them was a gift. I have one Bible that has this beautiful embroidery cover. Um, One of the people that I met, she made that for me. And so it's a very special Bible. I want to show you this Bible, though. Out of all of the ones that I have, this is the one I want to show you. This Bible is pretty important to me because this is the Bible that I bought in September of 2001. It's an old Bible, isn't it? And this is the Bible that I bought to study my first year of graduate school so that I could be your pastor. And when I bought this Bible, do you know what? It didn't look like this. It actually had a paperback. And within about like four months, I had read it and worked through it and studied it so much that the whole cover fell off. And so I had to go and actually put a brand new cover on this Bible. So I picked this one because it looked kind of sturdy. And I picked red. And I even put my name on it. See? I had to put my name on it right there. It's even before I was married. So it has Watts on it. This was pretty important. And when I was moving one day, I put this Bible in a box with some of the precious things of my life that I didn't want anyone to touch. Have you ever done that? Like you have just something special that you put away? 
I put this in my special box so that only I would be the one to move it. And do you know what happened? As I was moving, I picked up the box and I went across the street. And you know what happened? My Bible fell out of the box in the middle of the street. And as soon as I turned around to get it, a huge truck rolled right over it. Yeah. Can you tell? You see that little dent? I ran over and I, look at that little dent. That's where the Bible got hit. You can't barely tell, can you? I know this is going to sound silly, and I know it sounds cliche, but when I saw that a truck could run over my Bible and all it had was something little on the outside, it meant something to me. Because it made me feel like no matter what happens to me, no matter how I feel, maybe somebody might make me feel like a truck ran over me, (laughs) everything in the inside is still there. All of the truth and all of the love, and all of the forgiveness, nobody can touch because that's still there. I know it sounds silly, but that's one of the things that this Bible means to me. Because that's what I believe. I believe that the Bible is not just a book about God. It's about the people who love God. And it's all about the people who tried to know God. And they use the Bible so that they can learn more and more about it. I actually asked three different people in our congregation in Chapel Roswell. They're all three are here today. I asked them what the Bible means to them, and they told me. You want to hear what they said? You do? Okay, good, because I was planning to tell you anyway. Okay. One person said, I read the Bible to grow closer to God and to understand him and his ways better. That sounds like a good reason to read, huh? Here's what another person said. I think you're going to find this interesting. I was getting a bit bored, honestly, reading about how detailed the buildings of the temple in Jerusalem were and the chapters that go on and on and on about the preparation and the work and all the fine materials that went into construction until I was smacked in the face by the passage in the Gospels about the curtain being torn and our own bodies being the same temple for God's spirit because of Jesus' sacrifice. That's an incredible thing when you really think on it. You can see how the story connects. And reading the Bible has allowed me to come to God in thankfulness and praise for that. Have you ever read the Bible before and gotten a little bored? Yeah, it's okay to admit that. If you keep reading... You can see how it all connects. And I want to tell you this, it's important. For everything that you read in the New Testament, there's a story for it in the Old Testament. So if you read something in the New Testament, you can think on it and you can find its match in the Old Testament. It's pretty amazing. Okay, one more thing. It surprises me how I land on certain passages when I need them the most. I read it mostly on my phone now through an app, and now I read it much more than I did in previous decades. So if you read the phone on your app or read the Bible on your app, that's a great thing, right? I think that's a good thing. I want you to think about how important the Bible is to you 
And the way you start to make your own story and your own mark in your Bible is today by reading it. If you look in the very back of your Bible, look in the very back, like back page, you're going to see a bookmark. And this bookmark has a QR code. And so when you borrow someone, probably a grandparent would give you their phone the fastest. When you borrow a phone from a grandparent, that's what happens in my house. You can scan this QR code. And that QR code is going to take you to some videos, right, about your Bible. So I want you to do that. And now I want you to find your other bookmark. And it's marking a certain passage. And this mark, this bookmark is from Chapel Roswell, just to you. And it is marking our scripture for the day. And it's Psalm 119, verses 105 to 112. So just in case you need to know, just in case you don't know, look on the screens. If you see this, what that means is Psalm is the book that you should find. 119 or whatever number follows that book name is the chapter. So you're going to find a really big number. Whenever you're looking for chapters, it's always the biggest number on the page. So 119 and then verse 105. So after you find chapter 119, you can go find verse 105. And you can point to it when you got it. It's like right here. See it? Now I'm going to read this whole scripture. And while I read it, we're going to continue Bible 101. But while I read it, if you would prefer, you may go and sit with whoever brought you. Okay? So while I read scripture, you can make your decision. You can stay up here if you want to. Or you can head back um, and go to the pew or the place wherever your parents are sitting. Okay? Okay. So I'm going to read scripture while y'all make up your minds what you want to do, okay? Your word is a lamp before my feet and a light for my journey. I have sworn and I fully mean it. I will keep your righteous rules. I've been suffering so much, Lord. Make me live again according to your promises. Please, Lord, accept my spontaneous gifts of praise. Teach me your rules. Through my life is constantly in danger, I won't forget your instruction. Though the wicked have set a trap for me, I won't stray from your precepts. Your laws are my possessions forever because they are my heart's joy. I have decided to keep my statutes forever, every last one. First things first, what I just read to you, is it the same exact thing on the screens? No, it wasn't. You're welcome. (laughs) Whenever I think about this scripture, you know what I think of immediately? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Were those words on the screen? No, they were not. Because whenever I learned this scripture, my Sunday school teacher, when I was in third grade, taught it to me using the King James Version. So first tip of reading the Bible, know the translation you like. Know your preferred translation. When I say things like, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And when I read, or 
recite things like the 23rd Psalm. What is that one? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Usually we're quoting things from the King James Version. And if that's your preferred version, that is great. It is old English. It's beautiful English. When I read scripture, whenever I have scripture here for us at Chapel Roswell, you know what I use? Has anybody figured it out? The NRSV, the New Revised Standard Version. I prefer that because I study the Dead Sea Scrolls. I'm intrigued and so interested with the Dead Sea Scrolls. And what they found on all of the scrolls in the Dead Sea changed the language that we use in Scripture. And the NRSV actually changed some of the wording to match what was found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. So that's my preferred um, translation, but know yours. And do not be afraid. If you find a scripture that you like, don't be afraid to pull up your phone or pull up a whole bunch of different translations and you find the one that you like. If you want to know about different translations, come to my office, come to our church library, and you can have a lot of different ones. But look around and find your preferred translation. Because I want you to know that very first line we read Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It leads us to our second tip. Because by itself, it means one thing. But when you put it in the whole psalm, it means quite another. So second tip is to put it into context. Whenever you're reading scripture, put it into a bigger context. Did you know right now, I could tell you, with such authority. Well, did you know what scripture says? It says this, God talked to a fish and then the fish threw up a man named Jonah. Yeah, thank you for laughing. Do you believe that's in scripture? That God talked to a fish and then the fish threw up? It actually is, it's in there. And it's actually a part of a really amazing story. But if I just told you the one verse, then you don't know the rest of the story and it doesn't make a lot of sense and you don't believe it, right? Yeah, so put it into context. Know where that scripture is. Know what came before it and know what came after it. I could sit here and tell you a group of boys. This is actually scripture. It's in 2 Kings if you want to test me. 2 Kings says that a group of boys were walking around and began to make fun of a man saying, hey, bald head, bald head, where are you going? Come back here, you bald head. That legitimately is in scripture. It doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? But if you know what happened before and after, it kind of does. If you know the story about the mustard seed, I love that you know that story, but do you know what came before it about the wheat? Do you know what came after it about the woman? You need to know how to put it in context so that it can have a greater meaning for you. Our psalm that we read, you may or may not know this, but it's actually a part of a 21-verse song. 21 verses of a song. Can you imagine that? And if we knew Hebrew, we would see that every verse starts with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So it's like A, then B, then C. It's an alliteration. We miss that 
if we don't put it into context. If you read scripture and you don't know how to put it into context, then guess what? That's why I'm here. Come and see me. Come and ask. Ask Jeff Ross. Ask Melissa. This is what we went to school to do. And this is what we love to do is talk about scripture. And so if you want to know more about the context of something that you've read, reach out and ask us. That's what we love to do. Because if you just read that one verse of Psalm, if I'm going around going, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. If that's all I'm singing, it's like singing the one song or one verse of your favorite song. You don't know the rest of it, right? So I'll know the other words. And that leads me to our third tip. And our third tip is to know what you are reading. How many of you like to read? Anybody? Okay, good. Good. I love that. This is just a random novel. Have you ever heard of Percy Jackson, The Cain Chronicles? I love them. It's a great book. It's just a book for fun. You know what this is? A book of poetry. Poetry by Emily Dickinson, one of my favorites. Harry Potter. Who's read Harry Potter? Yeah, this is just a fun novel, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm, just fun. This is my personal devotion book. I absolutely love Thomas Merton. Do you know what this is? This is a law book. It's our church law. Doesn't that sound fun? Yeah. Mm, Some good reading. Who knows what this is? This is a history book. These are all the crazy stories about Huey Long. Funny man. (laughs) But it is a history book. More poems. More history. I've got a hymnal. Guess what? You need to know what you're reading. If you pick up the Harry Potter book, you're going to read it a little differently than you're going to read my T.S. Eliot poems, aren't you? Yeah. When you pick up your Bible, you're picking up all of this. Did you know that? This one Bible, this one Bible has all of it in there. This Bible has letters. This Bible has music. This Bible has law. This Bible has stories. This Bible has poetry. And so whenever you decide that you want to start reading it, you need to know the genre of what you're reading. If you cannot go to sleep at night, pick up Leviticus and start to read it. Yeah, unless you love church law, then you should read something else. If you are looking for a quick devotion, if you want to just say, gosh, I need something to make me feel good today, then look in the Proverbs. Look up a poem in the Psalms or music in the Psalms. Know what you're reading. If you want just a story about Jesus to figure out, then read a parable in the gospel, right? If you're a history buff, by the way, if you just really love history, then you should totally read our Chronicles and Kings because the chronicler actually follows the history of the time. It puts a theological bend to it, sure, but it actually follows current events and wars that were happening in that certain order. So this has history in it. When you read a psalm, you need to read it like it really is music because it's meant to be a melody. So if for fun, if you got bored one day, You could even make up a song or a melody to some of those lyrics. 
This is going to be your very favorite slide so far. The next one, I want you to know how things divide into our scripture. I know, isn't that exciting? Look at that. Do you think you're ever going to learn the exact order of every Bible in scripture? Let's be honest. Are y'all going to do that? Y'all are afraid to say no. I can feel it. Probably not, but this is what I want you to know. If you know how the Bible is divided, then you know where to find what you need. If you know how the Bible is divided, when somebody says, hey, I'm looking for, then you know exactly the area of where to go. So you've got the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament is divided into the Pentateuch. Those are your first five books of the Bible. And those are the same exact Bible books, the same books of scripture that our Jewish friends have. And so those first five are going to be exactly the same as the Jewish and Christian tradition. And that's very important for us to remember. So the first five is the Pentateuch. If you don't remember that, you can put it in the word history. So history, writings, and prophets. That's what you need to remember in that order. The Old Testament is made of history, writings, and prophets. I won't go into major and minor unless you ask me to a little later. The New Testament, it's a little easier. People are more familiar with it. It's the Gospels. Can you name all four? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you want to read one first, which one do you think you should read? You can pick any of them. You can read any of them first. If you want the shortest one, go for Mark, okay? I'm just going to tell you right now. Mark was the first one written, and it's the shortest one. It's a great one to get started. Matthew's probably going to have more of what you remember, but you, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then there's the book of Acts. Then there are the epistles, which are a bunch of letters that Paul wrote. They're going to say who they're to and why he wrote them, okay? So whenever you write or whenever you start to read any of those letters from Paul or from John— Pay attention. It's going to tell you who it's written to and why. And then there's the apocalypse, and that's in the book of Revelation. I'm not going to talk about that at all today. We certainly don't have enough time. But the apocalypse is found in one. So this is what I want you to remember. You ready? History, writing, prophet. Repeat that with me. Thank you. And gospel, epistle, Apocalypse. That's all you need to know to find everything you need, okay? My next tip, and this is going to be a big one. You have my permission to skip sections. Within reason. Within reason. What do I mean by this? Do not get so bogged down that you totally put your Bible down. If you find something that you're getting stuck in and you just can't get past it, skip a little further so you can find the meat of what God is asking you to read. If you get bored with some of the lineage, it's okay, skip it. If you get bored with writing or trying to figure out some of these names and how to pronounce them, it's okay, skip it. I would rather you skip that section than put this totally down and go, you know what, I just don't get it. I'm just going to put it down. Keep reading is my point. And there'll be a time that you can always go back to it. And if there's something that's really stuck and you just can't figure out why it's written, 
then skip it and keep going to something else and then go back and it might make more sense. So do not be afraid to keep at it and keep going. That's what I mean by skipping sections within reason. Skip to the part and the heart of what God is trying to tell you. And last but not least, it's what the founder, John Wesley, of United Methodism says. It's what the Psalm 119 that I read to you is the very first verse, actually, from that psalm when we put it into context. The scripture tells us very, very clearly, never use scripture for harm. This is not a weapon. This is an instrument to be practiced. This is the word of God not to be yielded over other people. And if nothing else, I want you to remember that. The word of God is meant to show truth and to show love and to show forgiveness. It is not meant for our authority or our truth. It's meant for that of God's. And so this is never to be a weapon to be used for anyone. It is only an instrument of love and of grace. And I want you to read the Bible until you find proof of that. And when you find proof of that for you, you hold on to it. And let that be your scripture in your heart that makes a mark in your Bible all the time. Okay? And so may you take this word and may you know that it's meant to be a light upon your day. Do not make unrealistic expectations that you can read this every single day if you haven't already. But promise that you will make a commitment to at least try. So, to all of you, to all of us, this is your light. This is your truth of God and the love of God. And so I share with you the word of God. In the good times and in the bad times, may you read it. And may you use it so you may know God's love is with you all the time. You each are valued and you are loved. Amen. Thank you, guys. I want you to know that in you, if you want to support our third graders and our fourth graders and our fifth graders, there's a way to do that by your ways to give. When you give to our campus, you are supporting things like Bibles and Sunday school teachers and lessons and youth groups so they can learn more and more about how to use them. Another way that I want us to respond together is through a word of prayer. Prayer is always needed, especially on weekends and anniversaries like the one that we have had uh, this past weekend. The same exact month I bought my Bible to be a pastor is the same month that I felt like I needed it the most. So together, our hearts are connected with the many people and the many military families and the fire families um, and work families that are still being impacted by those of the attacks of 9-11. And so with all of that, let's be in prayer together. Gracious and holy Lord, I thank you for being among us. I thank you for being with us in the Bible. And I thank you for being with us through each other. And I thank you for giving us Chapel Roswell in this community so that there are expressions of scripture. 
Take us now, Lord, and may we be your advocates. May we be your representatives and your ambassadors so that we may be a living example and witness of what your word can be. And for many people, Lord, who are still being impacted by what happened all those years ago in New York and in D.C., we ask for special blessings for the survivors from those plane attacks and buildings. For those who have survived, we ask that you continue to give them hope and comfort. And for the families who are still in tragedy and mourning and grief, we ask you to be with them too. And for the children now who are grown young adults, we ask that you continue to give them understanding and clarity and people of hope and love in their lives. And Lord, may you use each and every one of these children here with me and each one of the adults and children are surrounding us in this circle so that we may be a beacon of hope where it's needed the most. Forgive us any times, Lord, that we have not done your will this week. And may we have new opportunities to try again. Amen.